that's a growler. Hello, and welcome to the Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and creepy old guys. The movie of the Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. And I'm Tierney Steele. Today, we are talking about Minute 8 of the Neverending Story, which begins with Bastian telling the bookseller he's running away because some kids wanted to throw him in the garbage, and ends 60 seconds later with the bookseller saying, Listen, have you ever been cliffhanger? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It it is a great ending minute. Like it's just so oh oh this this is like a whole little mini drama in and of itself. <laughs> so the first thing I have is that this guy's advice is horrible. <laughs> yes, I also have. <laughs> Maybe a note. you should punch him in the nose. Oh, he says it so cutely. Yeah, but it is not good advice for children. If you are a child listening to this podcast. The solution to bullies is not to punch them back. Like, that's not, we are not endorsing that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be very clear. <laughs> yeah. But I just, like, it really does show the the violence of children's lives in the previous millennium was very different than I feel like it has been the last 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a different age. I grew up in a different time when... We were often instructed to punch people in the nose. Yeah. And I love that Bastion's response is that shrug. Yes. And he so overdoes oh. that shrug, though. But it's, oh, maybe I'm just being really biased. I, I do feel like a lot of the show is me just gushing over this movie. But it it's just so sweet. Like, why didn't you punch me in the nose? Oh, I don't know. And, like, that big shrug. And you just really feel for him. I mean, we've gotten to know Bastion in the last seven minutes. And he is not a fighter. Yeah, we know the real reason he's not doing it, but he doesn't want to admit to that in front of the old man. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know this guy, and it's not like he can put into words, like, well, I'm the kid who draws unicorns, so not really going to punch people. He's like, but I've started drinking Orange Julius, and I might be strong one day. He doesn't. He eats <laughs> badly buttered toast. No, he does not eat the toast. He leaves <laughs> oh, the toast. Okay. He, he have done it off screen. We don't know. Um, but yes, the the way the bookseller says, "Why don't you punch him in the nose?" Like he's just such a great old guy. Yeah, you can also <laughs> kind of tell he doesn't really mean it. He's just trying to like get some kind of reaction out of Bastion, which he does. So it it works. He has man, just the way. That, like, oh god, I'm so sorry to ask you to bring it up, but I'm not allowed to type anymore because it's too loud when we're recording. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, folks who had to listen to that, and Thomas who had to listen to it a lot. Uh, what's this actor's name that plays the bookseller? I know it's Mr. Coriander, but I just always think of him as the bookseller. He is fantastic. It is all working for me. The eyebrows, the glasses... And then also his delivery of lines are so great. <laughs> so this is Thomas Hill. Thomas Hill had a great introduction with him peering around the edge of his wingback chair. And now everything he says brings me delight, basically. <laughs> yeah, he was in this. He um, he was in Never Ending Story 2 as well. Ooh. He's done a lot of TV shows. 
Um, some older ones like Coach and Newhart, Married with Children. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll have to do Never Ending Story too. We might we have might to. Have, we might have to watch it. Uh, we did say, you know, we're open to doing sequels, but also if no one wants to hear that, we're not going to record an entire podcast of them. So if you are part of our Facebook Listener Society, let us know. I, we don't have like an official poll or anything, but make, make your voice heard. <laughs> so he, he makes this really unique expression as he go, digs back into his book. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what he's trying to evoke as an as an emotion here in this expression. With the eyebrows raised? He just has this like blank, weird stare as he turns back to his book. Well, is that after he says it's something special? No, no. This is right after Punch Him in the oh, Nose. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Because he turns, so he says, why don't you punch him in the nose? Bastion shrugs as if he doesn't know exactly why he doesn't punch bullies in the nose. Yeah. And he turns, the bookseller turns back to his book. You're right. It is kind of weird because it's like, is this conversation over as far as he's concerned? (laughs) (laughs) Why why don't you punch him in the nose? Oh, I don't know. And that was the last the bookseller ever talked to Bastion. (laughs) Makes no sense. He's just, I'm just going to go back to reading. That was all I had to contribute to your life, kid. (laughs) And I think this is all part of... Mr. Coriander's, I guess, seduction is the best way to to word this. He's trying to pull Bastion in without Bastion knowing he's being pulled in. So using the word seduction was perfect because my note is that this next exchange should be done in the Sandlot voice. Because Bastion says, what's that book about? And the bookseller responds, oh, it's something special. And in my head, what should have come next was Squint saying, she knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> it is exactly the, she didn't know what she's doing. Yes, yeah, she does. She knows exactly. And that is my reaction to this exchange of, this bookseller knows exactly what he's, he's doing. Pushing, yeah, he's pushing Bastion's <laughs> buttons. He's piquing his curiosity and really drawing him in, while at the same time acting aloof and, and far off. It's pretty much textbook seduction. He is playing him hot and cold, as they said in the OC. Um, (laughs) I I bet Mr. Coriander never thought in his wildest dreams he would ever be compared to Summer Roberts, but now he has. Yeah. Um, Yes. When he's listing off these books, he goes right for the books that he knows Bastion loves. Mm-hmm. The ones he just mentioned. Yes, and he start he's already starting to put some reality to it so that it anchors Bastion in with these voices that he's using. And you get that great zoom in, and actually his voice reminds me so much, and I'm I'm trying not to be biased because I just rewatched it for the first time of the summer. It kind of sounds like something out of Jaws, except they're discussing books. <laughs> when he's like, ah, oh, but your books are safe. Oh, and, yeah. And, I know oh, who you're talking about, that character in Jaws, the, it's, the hunter it's guy. almost the doll's eyes speech from Jaws. It's, right. And, and that Zoom, it, it isn't the Jaws Zoom, you know, the, the famous one that uh, Spielberg does where he's zooming in but pulling out. I may have that backwards, but, but it is a great dramatic zoom in. And with the inflection, it is all just like, man, creepy old guy is absolutely right on this line. If what you're relating it to is a movie about sharks murdering people. Uh, Like I said, it's almost like its own little 60 second drama. 
I feel like. <laughs> it really is. That ends on a cliffhanger. Part two, coming to a theater near you soon. Coming to a minute episode near you. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, tomorrow's Friday, Tierney. We've almost made it through week two. We are almost there. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm... So he mentions Tarzan and Robinson Crusoe, which I think we talked about last minute when those were two of the books that Bastion says he's read before. Yes. We talked a little bit about the um, Tarzan. I really just know, like, the Disneyified story of Tarzan. Right. Um, the, the basic outlines. I didn't see the new movie, although just from, like, an aesthetic costuming set design point of view, I kind of wanted to, just because it looked really good. I, I thought no it was a really interesting story. take on the story. They they did a lot with it. Okay. Um, and explored it in a un-Disney way, so... I am just a total sucker for any movie set in that time period. So if it's well done, I will I will see it someday. Um, Robinson Crusoe, I realized, because I had said last time it came up, oh yeah, I read that. And I'm realizing I read like an abridged kids version. Right. I didn't read the full Robinson Crusoe. I had one of those little like pocket paperback shortened for children ones. So... Bastion has one up on me in this case. Yeah, he's he's quite the little bookworm. For those who haven't watched in a while, A, you should totally go rewatch this movie. But in case you don't remember exactly what the bookseller is saying after he's talking to Bastion about, you know, you love these books, you like being Tarzan, Robinson Crusoe, and Bastion says, that's why I like them. And he says, yes, but after reading them you get to go back to being a little boy, setting up the cliffhanger for next right. minute. It's just such a great, like we said, it's such a great line read. Now, is it odd to you that Bashnu would sound stand this close to an old man that he's never met before? Well, he's very wrapped up. He's He's very passionate. First, he had to defend that he knows books, um, not just arcade video games. And now he's just getting sucked in. Actually, no, it's perfect that he's getting closer and closer basically each time yeah. we see him. He's literally being sucked towards the book. Did you notice that Bastion has affected a stutter kind of now as well? He's so, no. he's so getting so excited about this. He's starting to repeat like he says, like, when I, when I, or something like that. Huh. I didn't pick up on that. Is it just like when kids get excited about something and they're Yeah, it's right it's right at um second fifty one. He's like, What do you what what do you mean? <laughs> I I I'm totally willing to chalk that up to excitement. And I feel like a big part of that is I used to get really frustrated. My sister is seven years younger than I am, so when she was a toddler, she would stumble over words. It wasn't a full-on stutter, but it was like this with, with kind of repeating. And I would get so frustrated with her. And my dad was like, you need to cut her some slack. Kids' brains work just as fast, but they can't talk as fast. Yeah, my daughter does it a lot now. She'll she'll replay her sentence like mm -hmm. four or five times before she actually gets to the thought she's trying to say. Have fun with the no. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it's cute until like they're trying to tell you a whole story and then you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I just I try to be patient with her because I don't I don't want it to affect her. Like, oh, like mm -hmm. get it out, come on. So I usually let her work it out to a degree. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a mean older sister <laughs> like my sister right. did. But yeah, I I think it's just one of those where 
he was he was doing fine. He was passionately defending himself, and then he's just so caught off guard by what the bookseller is saying that like he's starting to respond and defend himself, but his brain is also processing what the bookseller just said, and I think that's why he stumbles. And he's yeah. like, "Wait, wait a second, what was that?" <laughs> so I have a tyranny relates to Bastion moment here for you. If you didn't pick it up yourself, you ready for this? All right, let's hear it. Bastion knows that he needs to whisper because he's in a library. Oh, <laughs> I, it's so funny because, yeah, he's in a bookstore, but it's a rare bookstore and they're the only ones in there. So you're right. There is kind of this expectation of hushing yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, I part of me rebels against the librarian stereotype. And then part of me knows that like the librarian action figure has... The thing I'm like now with shushing action, and I just laugh so hard at that because. It- All right, so you've seen your fair share of vintage books, correct? Yes. Do you see this book behind Mr. Coriander that has? straps on it that don't reach all the way up to the next cover like they're not they don't look like they're straps to close the book they're like halfway up the book you're right so those straps don't go all the way up but you can see the holes there should be straps coming from the other side that then connect with it so there's two possibilities there it's that because it should just be one piece of leather going all the way around right so my options looking at this are a the straps just haven't been folded over the top of the book. They're just hanging off to the left of that pile. Or they have actually frayed and broken off. And that's okay. all that's left of them. Like the the whole strap part has broken at some point. So you can't actually strap it closed anymore. Okay. But that's what you would have done. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. Because you can see the angle it's at. They could just be dangling off to the side there. And we've established this guy is smoking a pipe right here. Like, <laughs> I am not impressed with his preservation techniques. True. So I would not die of shock if that's what had happened. I really love the marbling on the bottom book. The big recta- uh, square one that's at the bottom of that pile. Yeah. You can just most, A lot of these books are really beautiful in here. Yeah. It's really hard to get a good look at them and a lot of it is just dusty old book sides like yeah they're kind of exciting but every so often you see something like that with the marbling that's really cool and now that i'm looking at it so he's got a photograph on his desk which i never noticed i didn't notice that either i really love his like sort of banker's lamp but no that's not a bank that's more like the music lamp like what you put over your piano yeah yeah, sorry, Banker's Lamp is the green. This is this is a solid gold. Actually, it looks exactly like a piano lamp. Um, but yeah, there is a photograph that I never noticed until just this second when I'm staring at it. I'm trying not to be distracted by his fantastic eyebrows, which are <laughs> very distracting. Uh, if you take nothing else away from my understanding of this movie, it's that the bookseller is like the perfect creepy old bookseller. Definitely. With his sweater vest and his nail head wing back chair. But I can't make it out though in any of these seconds. It almost looks like someone wearing a fez, but That's I just really I don't know if I've see. been watching too much Doctor Who. That looks <laughs> kind of like Fezzes a, are cool, okay? Fezzes are cool and that's that's the only hat that comes to mind 
Because that's a very square shape, but there isn't a brim or anything. The last note that I have is that we're finally starting to use musical cues in referencing Fantasia. Every oh. time he, he digs into the book again, you get a little a little musical cue saying, this is something special, this is something otherworldly, and you need to pay attention here. Huh. I mean, I totally picked up on that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's really subtle, and I think they did that on purpose. But it draws you in. The music slowly, like, it's just these little crescendo, these waves of music to kind of pull you in, just the way Bastion's being pulled in and the way the camera's getting tighter and tighter on the mm-hmm. conversation so that we all feel pulled into what this conversation's doing. I think that's it. The camera work in this minute is really working for me. So I, I'm going to chalk it up to I was distracted by that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, that was those were the notes that I had for this minute. And even some new discoveries I wasn't ready for. <laughs> yes. So we finish out this movie with Coriander saying, listen, have you ever been? Man, I cannot wait to hear what he's talking about. But that's another story. And it shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.